You're listening to the Parents of Hardworking Teens podcast, episode 24. And today you are in for a treat as I explain how it really is that some students manage to get the huge jumps in results that you may have seen or heard me share. It is down to the skill web, the skills involved, and how they all interlink to create a whole that is greater than the sum of the parts. I'm Katie Jones, and with over 15 years in education as an award-winning high school teacher, international external examiner, and as a study coach, I've helped thousands of students skyrocket their results and confidence. And this podcast is where I share all my insights, tactics, and tips with you, the parent, so you can help your hardworking team get happy, smart, and successful in their study, and have you both enjoy the journey along the way. This is the Parents of Hardworking Teens podcast. Hello, VIPs. I hope you and your teen are going really well wherever you are because I have to tell you, I am so excited for this episode. I've been talking about making it for a while now and it's been on my mind for months. And personally, I tend to have with certain podcasts that I listen to one or two episodes on them that I just go back to and listen to again from time to time. Sometimes because I think I need to hear something again to really have the points drummed into me or because I'm kind of at a different point and I just want to hear things from a slightly different angle from wherever I was the first time I heard it. And I really think that this might be one of those episodes on this podcast, because I want to share with you what I have come to call the skill web. And I haven't shared this before, because this is a concept that I have named as a web, because what I found more and more over the years is that all of those critical skills and structures that I have been training students in really interlink. And each skill on its own is, yes, definitely valuable, but putting them together and having them really compound is when the whole skill set really becomes stronger and creates the confidence and the results beyond the sum of what those skills can do individually. And so to give this a bit of a visual, I personally have come to think of it like a spider's web, where each of the skills or techniques or practices or strategies are those main arms that come out from the center of the web. And then these all interlink and combine to become stronger and more effective via all of those linking strands that run between them, that run around. And I did actually go and look up the actual science and nature of this just because it's kind of the thing I do. (laughs) And it's those thicker threads that come out from the center. They are called radius threads. And actually, it turns out those aren't sticky. They are what the spider walks along when making the web. They aren't what actually catch the insects. It's that circular thread linking and going around between them that does that part, that catches the insects that is sticky. And that is called, just for information, the auxiliary spiral, the part that goes round and round linking those radial threads. And so in this metaphor, That's the part that also is really catching all of the marks, the marks that are allocated to an essay, marks on an exam paper, points on a test, the grade criteria on an assignment that your teen is looking to 
catch and grab. So the more skills, the more of those radial threads they have, the more links that they can then make between them and the smaller the gaps between them. Now it's not that there are no gaps. Even if a student has all of these skills and does all of the practices that I'm going to share with you, they're still going to miss something somewhere on different tasks. This is not that they are going to suddenly get 100% on everything that they do. There are going to be marks that slip through or go off to the sides just like an insect is going to maybe be lucky enough to fly through a tiny gap between those silk threads or the web might just not be big enough or wide enough. But what we don't want are big gaping holes. We don't want those gaps. And so I want to start out by acknowledging that often we don't even realize that we have some of those gaps. I certainly didn't as a student. And honestly, even in my years of teaching before I became an external examiner, there were things that I didn't realize were important or I just didn't even realize were a thing. So I hope that this episode will provide that first step of awareness. And then if you realize that your team does have some gaps in their skill set and you'd love for them to come and build a really well-structured, strong web, then you can check out the 10-week grade transformation program to make that happen. So let's get into what makes up the web and specifically how the links create more strength in that web. Now, I've spent a long time thinking about this and I have come up with or distilled it down to five key core skills and practices that are the foundations, if you like, of this skill web. Those are those radial threads that come out from the middle and hold everything together. So these are the critical tools that I really believe every student needs if they are going to operate at their true potential and get the results they're truly capable of and do it in the most efficient way. Now, these are in an order that I think is the most logical to share them with you, but it's not necessarily an order of importance. In fact, I would suggest that the extension task here, if you like, is that you could work out your team's own individual order of importance by working out where their biggest gaps are or their biggest gap is. The skill or the practice that they are missing and that would be their most important one for them to learn and master first. Okay. So the first skill is the skill of processing information. So that means not just reading information, not just listening to information or watching information. It means doing something with it, transforming it or converting it into a different format. So this includes strategic note-taking skills for when your teen is learning or researching information. And it includes their revision after they've learned something where they need to be actively, not passively revising. So processing means that they aren't just copying out notes or diagrams because just copying or even just doing some light rewording does not mean that they understand the information. Doing that activity, however, might make them feel like they've been productive, but it hasn't necessarily done what they actually needed to. So just rereading or going over information, perhaps from a textbook or a handout or watching a video tutorial, it doesn't mean it's going to stick in their memory. It certainly doesn't mean that they fully understand it or that they can easily retrieve it or put it across on paper in their own words. How many times have you had it where you read a passage and then think to yourself, 
I have actually no idea what I just read. I definitely have this happen to me. Like I just didn't take any of that in and I have to reread it again. Now, yes, every student, and in fact, we all do have different ways that we learn best. Some students take things in better by listening. Others do it by seeing things. But almost all of us do best by doing. And I think that a lot of the time we're sort of led to believe or we think that that means things like model making or doing something super practical. And it can mean that, but it can also just mean doing something with the information. So do not worry, parents of kinesthetic style learners, glue sticks are not always essential. And your dining table does not have to be taken up with the life-size model of whatever the latest science topic is for them to be able to learn effectively. So let me give you a quick couple of examples. It could be converting a page of information, written text into a mind map or categorizing that information into a table or a Venn diagram or turning something that is in diagram form into some written form of account. Because what we really want is them transforming that information so that they are building their knowledge in a way where they truly understand and comprehend what it is that they are learning. And ideally, the real cherry on top of this is when they are also able to make strategic decisions for themselves about what format is going to be most appropriate, what will be the most effective format to turn that information into for that particular style of information, that topic, or according to their best learning style, or the purpose that they'll eventually be using that information for. That is where things get very awesome. Okay, so the second skill in the skill web is understanding and responding accurately to command words. Now, a command word is the verb in a question. You'll have heard me mention them before. It's things like describe or explain or estimate or analyze. And I am not going to go into huge amounts of detail on these here because honestly, I could do a whole series of podcast episodes on this topic, but I will explain why this skill is so important. And in relation to this specific episode, how it links to the others in the skill web. But if you do want more of the explanation of what command words are and how you can help your teen identify them and know how to respond to them, then be sure to come to my special parent webinar event coming up soon. It is called Get Your Teen Ahead Over Summer and it will be available for one week only from the 15th to the 21st of November. So look out for more details on that soon. But right now, here is why command words are crucial to your team's skill web. Being able to dissect the question and work out exactly what it's asking them to do is the key to them being able to put across the information that they have learned when it comes to their exams and assignments. And in fact, that is one of the links. The effective learning of that information from skill one has to be accompanied by the ability to put it across in the way the question requires in order for your team to be able to show they know that information. It is the key to them getting more marks on their papers and having their results actually match their subject knowledge. So if they are great or I would even say just pretty good with their subject knowledge, but their grades just don't seem to quite match up, especially when it comes to exams, then this is likely a skill that is missing for them. And note that I did say that the skill is identifying and responding to the commands. 
in my experience, some students do get what these are. They get the whole idea of command words and they can see them and find them, but they still struggle with how to respond at each of the levels of the commands. Like, how do they write at an analytical level, not just an explanation level? How do they actually evaluate and not just get stuck at analyzing? Students need to know what all of the different command words are and what they mean and how to write and convey their subject knowledge at those different levels. There is a huge overlap and link here between building that knowledge and then conveying that knowledge. And the next skill in the skill web is also interlinked, and that is becoming a master of mark schemes, understanding how marks are allocated so that your teen can access more of them and achieve more of them. Do they know exactly what they're being marked on? Do they know what the market is really looking for? And I would say this is probably where I have developed most of my trainings and systems for students from. It's from doing over a decade now of external exam marking and coursework moderation and every time working out what exactly we're looking for as the markers in students' work and then honing that for myself as a marker and being able to go a step further to reverse engineer it for students. So it's kind of like, here's exactly what I know I'm looking for. How could a student work that out for themselves just from the wording of the question. And I specifically will say access marks, not just get marks when talking about mark schemes, because many students are not actually giving themselves the access to the higher level criteria, and they often don't realize it. Probably one of the simplest ways for me to show this is with that link back to command words. So if your teen is answering a question that asks them to evaluate one of the highest level commands, that is to make a judgment. But in their response, they are just describing and analyzing, then they are not even accessing any of the evaluate level criteria that will be in the mark scheme. They will definitely get some marks for the relevant points or observations that they make because these would be necessary to actually do that evaluation. They are a part of what would inform the evaluation. Or the other side of this is where they're relying solely on skill number one, where they're putting down lots of information in their answer but they're not really sure which parts of it will or won't get marks. So if students are mark scheme savvy, then they have a much better chance of knowing exactly what to put into their answers and what they can leave out, what isn't needed, what won't earn them any credit. And that means a much clearer idea on how to respond and, of course, a much more succinct answer being written. So this is why when these skills are understood and used together, that's when they really work to create huge leaps in confidence and clarity and the success that we see for students. Now, the fourth and fifth elements of this skill web are kind of skills. There is skill to them, but I would say they are more things that students need to actually do and commit to. So I'm going to call them practices. But you could also think of them as actions or routines because they do take time and effort to do them. But the truth is that doing them actually saves students time and effort overall and definitely lead to better results as well. It's kind of a bit like 
if you're wanting to eat well and eat healthy or just have a really efficient a week ahead or ideally maybe both. And so you do food prepping and batching on the weekend. And even though it takes a few hours at the time, it saves you much more time compared to making brand new meals every single day. And it helps you eat better throughout the week compared to grabbing snacks on the go. And I say this as someone who knows that this is the case with food prepping, but does not really do this. I definitely do do some batch cooking and baking, but I've never done that thing the way you see online that they have all of their lunches and dinners all prepped in containers and stored and ready to go. Though I do definitely consider myself as a planner and an organizer, so maybe I should give it a go because skill number four is the practice of fully planning extended tasks, whether it's an essay, assignment, or just an extended paragraph, a high quality response requires solid planning. And solid planning makes that response a lot easier, smoother, faster to write. So your teens should not start writing until they know exactly what they are going to be writing. For example, it might be what points or evidence they're going to include and in what order. Now, of course, this should be based on them having dissected the question and knowing exactly what's required, what they're going to be marked on. So definitely lots of overlap with the previous two skills here for sure. Only once they've got their points, the evidence, the structure and any other content that they want to include planned out can they then start writing? And it might feel like a long process. Sometimes it is, but it is always time well spent. It makes the actual writing much faster and results in a much higher quality response, which also therefore requires, if it's an assignment task that isn't being done under exam time limits, it also means it requires less of the editing, cutting or changes to be made, which can be pretty time consuming. And the final skill or practice in the skill web is intentionally and strategically reviewing completed tasks, actually going back through recent assignments and exams and using the mark scheme, any teacher feedback, or if they're a tenderly GT or next level student with my input as well, and figuring out exactly where they did and didn't get marks and why. This part is so valuable because just like with skill number four, doing this review will take them time now, but will help them do a much more efficient and effective job of all of their future tasks. And this is why everything I do with students is skill and strategy based, especially when it comes to reviewing, because we both know that they aren't going to be asked the exact same question again, which is why I think a lot of students initially feel resistant to doing this, especially if they're trying to do this by themselves. And they don't just have to learn from their own tasks on this. They can use things like chief examiner reports, um, exemplars, retrospectives that are published by exam boards for their own subjects where they can review what students sitting that exam or assessment did well on and where they went wrong with things and the recommendations by those chief examiners for future students. And for my next level students, this is where they get so much from watching other students being coached when we do our group coaching calls. They get to see why a particular response did or didn't 
do well and exactly why. And they can do this objectively and for a task that they are not personally or emotionally attached to. In fact, here's a bit of an insight. The whole of next level coaching really revolves around just two words, how and why. How do I tackle this task or question or assignment in the way that will let me access all of the marks and enable me to complete it in the most efficient way? And why? Why did I get that mark? Or more specifically, why did that response get that mark? Because it's their response, not them, that's getting marked. I'll say that again. It's not them that's getting marked. It's what they write on their paper. And this really shows the key point I want to make here, that all of these skills, strategies, practices are interlinked in so many ways. Having and using just one or two skills on its own or on their own is definitely beneficial. It can definitely raise grades and increase confidence. But the magic really happens when your teen has multiple skills, has all of these skills and can see and optimize the linkages that are happening between them. It really is a beautiful thing when you see all of these skills working together and layering and compounding upon one another. And this is how students report jumps of two whole grades in just 10 weeks. It's not because they went from average to genius in terms of their brain cells and subject knowledge. It's because they got the skills that were missing and that now enable them to learn and convey that subject knowledge in a much more efficient and much more effective way. And it's those skills all working together to create clarity and confidence and mean that less marks slip through the net. And the more skills that your teen has and the more that they use and practice and hone them, the stronger their web becomes. Have a fantastic week, everyone. Be sure to subscribe or click follow to get more episodes like this if you have found this helpful. And if you would like more information and in-depth explanations and examples on some of the skills and strategies that I have mentioned here, then look out for an invite to my free summer special webinar, Get Your Teen Ahead Over Summer during the event week. Have a fantastic week and here's to building that skill web. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you head on over to www.rocksolidstudy.com and sign up for my free parent guide. The three huge mistakes even smart students make in exams and assignments and how to fix them immediately. And I'll see you back here next week.